Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. It's July. It's late July. And the weather uh, has matched in Manchester, England. It's June. It's late June. And it feels like July. It's really hot. Um, I just came back from Spain, and when I got home, my house was hotter than Spain. It's ridiculous. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. Today, we're talking about The Handmaid's Tale. And joining us is a handmaid herself. It's Mel from America. Hi, Mel. What are you implying, Howell? Um, I don't know. I don't don't think before I speak. Um, And there's Jamie, as usual, coming from a... uh, 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 warm but bad, bad for internet. Croston, no, not Croston, Eccleston. Eccleston, which you can yeah. Google Maps and see the place where Jamie it's lives. Great. Now. It's great for ducks. It's bad for internet. There you mm. go. Um, That's on the sign for the town, right? It's, yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, <laughs> it's got a sign. Jesus. Um, we, my window is open because it's so hot. Uh, Mel has got a fan on. Jamie's internet's bad. All in all, you're in for an audio experience like no other. Um, so, oh, and Matt Wandless is joining us. I didn't think he was going to be able to make it this week. And uh, he's just messaged to say he's ready when we are and he can join us. How exciting. Um, we're going to be talking well, about... I, ima- imagine, imagine the stank in Matt's house tonight with oh. the heat. Oh, and all of the people who live in his basement. And all the basement people. That's some base. That's some awful basement people stank. And the rotting London veg outside his window, as well as the open yeah. sewer that we all know exists. Ooh. Oh, he's here. Hi, Matt. Hi. How you doing? Yeah, good. Just describing the smell of your house today. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Thanks, guys. Okay. We imagine there's quite a stank in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Corpses, uh, rotting flesh. That's right, that's right. My, my own sweaty body, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, Matt is uh, from Dickensian, London. We're from the north. Mel is from Kansas. We're all uh, characters in our own box set. And tonight, we're going to be talking about a box set that is set in the future, but also harks to the past quite a lot but we'll get to that in a moment first of all a couple of emails to deal with first of all ray thank you for your email on vikings great podcast about frequency last week he says um it left me neutral about the show thank you ray that's what we we hope that in a 45 minute podcast we can push you towards neutrality um i'm just finishing off a four series binge of vikings and notice that you haven't reviewed it or have you no we haven't. We never have, and it has been suggested a couple of times over the years, and we've never got round to it. Has anybody here watched any Vikings? No. 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 You can hear. I've interviewed. I've interviewed one of the women, though, mm. Catherine Winnick. Well, do you get the sense that this is a good show from that interview, Mel? Um, she was a great interview. I had someone else send me the questions for it mm. because, of course, I didn't know what I was talking about, but. 
Mm. Um, it sounds like she plays a very strong character, and I know a lot of people are, who are huge fans. So. Well, look, right, we're being distinctly non-committal about this, partly because we're trying. Neutral, you might say. We're neutral. We're trying very hard to be um, on the zeitgeist a little more on this podcast to review things that are out currently, and, and Vikings just seems to get further and further away into the past. But maybe we will find a hole for it, and it, it's, it's still on the air, Howell. Yeah, but it, we we've got to go back so far, don't we? It's like, oh, and we've done Deadwood and and uh, the West Wing on this. That's right, that's right. But of late, Jamie and I have said we need really need to start talking about stuff that's actually being released. To, uh, but who knows? Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Um, we'll put it to a poll and see if anyone's willing to actually watch it. Ray, let us know where we can watch it now. We. Um, that would help. It's on Amazon. Amazon, isn't it? Amazon yeah. Oh, it's on Hulu as well. I've de-signed from Amazon. You guys don't have Hulu. We don't Never mind. have Hulu. Um, How can you have de-signed from Amazon to do this show? Oh, honestly. Well, I can't really. Be. I've watched uh, Billy Bob Thornton's piece. I've watched um, John Goodman's. Uh, uh, what's it called? Alpha House. Alpha House, which is brilliant. But um, you still haven't watched Transparent, and you haven't well, watched no, I Love Dick. No. Uh, I love Dick's brilliant. Uh, good, insert joke. Uh, Kyle Nolan has emailed as well, who we spoke about last week. Kyle, who runs um, noreruns.net. Um, very nice chap. Absolutely loved the season of the first season of Wayward Pines, he says. It was one of my top shows of the year it aired. Now, he has summed up what uh, I didn't know, but I was trying to get out about Series 1. It's definitely a show you need to hang on with until the huge reveal in Episode 5 or 6. They really didn't need a second season and probably shouldn't have bothered. The first provides a perfect season of TV, both raising some questions and answering them. I enjoyed the first season so much that I even listened to the audiobooks afterwards. They burned through all three books of the source material in the first season. The first book covered about half of the first season, while each of the other two were covered by two or three episodes each. So, going into the second season there was no source material, and the folks who wrote, created the book series were no longer involved. They were the ones who really championed the show, and you could feel their excitement and passion in interviews. And so this was lost in the second series. And as a result, it was nowhere near as good as the original. Which makes total sense How long is this letter? That's it, it's finished. And you're right, it was a letter, Matthew. You see, Matt lives in Dickensian London. He believes that that was written in quill. and Delivered by a boy. Yeah, that's delivered correct. Delivered by his boy. Yeah, or pigeon. It was delivered by pigeon. You know, I'm actually reading... Um, Blake Crouch wrote the Wayward Pines series, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm reading Dark Matter, his newest novel. All right. I just started it yesterday, and it's really... I don't think I'm where like episode five would be yet on a TV show. So I'm not quite sure what's going on. I think I know what's going on, but it's really different. And it actually got me thinking, maybe I do need to watch Wayward Pines. And oh. then I was listening to the podcast and I was like, oh, well, if season two is crap, maybe I don't need to. Well, I think like he just summed up, though, if you just imagine that they're different uh, things, it's like you can watch the books in season one and it's very strong, I think. Um, did you Have you continued with it anymore, Matt? I haven't had time, sorry, but I, I will watch a couple more episodes at least. And um, I've just read a book whilst um, in Spain, and it is called Everyone Brave is Forgiven. And 
I think that this is going to be made into either a film, but I hope a box set. I have no evidence of that. I'm just reading it and I'm going, this guy's like a multi-bestseller writer. Somebody has to have bought the rights to this. So I just want to put it down into the ether now that I predict something called Everyone Brave is Forgiven, which is set in the Second World War, and it's brilliant. If you want to read a great book, get it. Um, Time for The Handmaid's Tale. Can I ask a question before we start at that nice little edit point? Question, Matthew. Do I sound weird this week because I'm outside? No, you sound great. And we're all, Fine. we have Good. windows open and fans on and ducks quacking. It's um, it's very much a summer podcast. No, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't making loads of noise or wind blowy sounds. No, no more you got your, a nice, There's a lovely breeze. You've got your new mic on, Matt. No, I've gone back to the old one. Now, fuck you. Let's carry on. <laughs> Handmaid's Tale was a book that you may well have studied at GCSE. Um, I didn't. Can somebody please set up The Handmaid's Tale in a natty way? Mel, have you got Wikipedia open in front of you? <laughs> no. Oh, what a surprise. Because you guys make fun of me all the time, so I didn't open it. Okay. I have read the book, though. It's Can been a couple of years. It was really disturbing. This book was studied at GCSE. I'm pretty sure. Bloody hell, really? I'm pretty sure it's a set text. Uh, This has got to be A-level or higher, I would have thought. I can confirm that it's not on the set text in the United Kingdom at the moment, Howell. How can you confirm that? Because I work in education these days, and I can confirm it's not on the set text. Could it be A-level? Slam. Could be A-level, though. Could go. be A-level. There you go. I'm pretty sure it's... I mean, it, w- it would make more sense because it's, it's freaking brutal. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's a cliff notes of it, and so I'm just doing a quick Google, but anyway. All right. Um, well, uh, does anyone want to set this up, or shall I? I've got the Wikipedia. Let me do the Wikipedia. The, go for it. The Handmaid's Tale is a 1985... <laughs> dystopian novel by Canadian author Margaret Atwood, set in near-future New England in a totalitarian theocracy that has overthrown the United States government. The novel explores themes of women in subjugation and various means by which they gain individualism and independence. So, it's the future. The government have taken over with all sorts of clever methods, or somebody's taken over as government through all sorts of um, methods, and women are very much treated as baby making machines there's a class system that's kind of brought in heavily and you cannot escape in fact be careful what you say anywhere because if you say anything against the new religion you could be carted away and punished killed tortured um in horrible ways and that is the bleak world that we enter in the handmaid's tale in britain it's been released week by week so the maximum that we can really have watched is about four or five episodes I am pretty much up to date, but you in America have had the whole thing, is that right? Yes, it was released week to week, but the the season one finale was released last week, so we're we're done for this season. Have you watched the finale? Yes. Ooh. And is it HBO or it's Hulu made? Uh, It's Hulu. Hulu. It's Hulu, yeah. Cool, cool. And of course, everything comes back to the West Wing and Zoe herself... Um, what's her actual name? Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss. Moss. God, I totally forgot she was Zoe Bartlett. I think of her so much now as um, Peggy from Mad Men that uh, I totally forgot of her as Zoe Bartlett. And, of course, everything comes back to Chuck as well, and Yvonne Strahovski plays Mm -hmm. Serena Joy in it, who is the kind of... uh, If if Elizabeth is the handmaid in a house, Yvonne Strahovski is the woman of the house 
Uh, her husband yes, played the by mistress of the house. Max. No, Joseph. She's Fiennes. probably finding it Joseph, very strange because no one's asked her to take her clothes off yet. We're or do <laughs> a quick change in the back of a van or anything yeah. like that. We're hoping it'll happen. I, mean, but I don't think this zero you're, bikini. You're action. joking. You're joking. But that's actually one of the. It's not explored in enough detail in season one. I hope they go more into it in season two. But the the position of the wife who cannot bear children is very interesting. Ah, really? Okay. Yes. Well, I think she's superb in it. I think she plays such a, a such a kind of um, yeah, she is. Yeah, mix. Everyone's great. In it. She, she's brilliant. Um, so you guys are on episode four oh, or five. On. So you hang on, and also here? everything comes back to the Gilmore Girls. Alexis Bledel yes. from the Gilmore yeah. Girls is also in it, and she is brilliant. Um, it's Who's a, she? She is uh, her friend. You know her friend uh, who she goes Glenn. for walks with? Of Glenn, yeah, yeah. So we don't want to give away anything after episode one, but it's her friend who she goes for walks with. So um, it really is a stellar cast, and any of my sort of snippy criticisms of, um, what do you call it, Monterey, uh, Monterey's The Big Little Lies, doesn't stand with this. this. This is a cast that I just think is, I think it's so rich, and what they're playing is so... Um, deep and complex and I, I just I think it's great I think I love it but at the same time I'm really struggling with the mood of this piece how's everyone else finding it um, let's come to you last Mel if you don't mind because you've got sure. we're kind of the guinea pigs in this situation uh, Jamie how are you finding it well the, f- the first episode I watched I found deeply it was just like a depress a fest yeah. it was just everything this this was a very very sort of dark heavy topic with just miserable people dressed miserably living in a miserable existence Mm -hmm. Uh, a great cast of people doing it Mm -hmm. but i did come away from episode one going if i'm gonna watch this i'm not gonna be able to watch it very i'm I'm gonna have to watch it on a week by week basis because i can't this is something Mm -hmm. you can't watch day in day out it's just remind you too much of eccleston it, uh, it does a lot of similarities in the in you know the the especially in the duck community. There's a yeah. thriving duck community here, and the way they treat <laughs> their, their women is uh, similar. <laughs> it's disrespectful. Uh, second episode, though, just like it, it triggered something. There's something about that. The second episode is the episode where one of the handmaids is giving birth. And that is one of the most, like, it's a brilliantly, fascinatingly terrifying episode in which you've got the the, the wives faking this, this like, delivery, this labour scene in one room, and then upstairs you've got the real birth happening. And that, for me, was the moment where I went, okay, I'm actually really interested in this, this idea and this concept. And actually, there seems to be a little bit of wit and a little bit of like um, edge to it that makes it more than just a depressing dystopia that we're stirring into the abyss every week into. It seems to have a little bit more of an edge. So second episode in, which I'm up to now, two episodes, I'm definitely more intrigued by the journey. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a bingey show, though, is it? No. It's really yeah, hard work. I know what you mean, yeah. I, I, I yeah. find it sad on many levels, but the... I want it to be. I want it to be a prison break more. You know, we one thing I forgot to 
or Wikipedia forgot to mention in the setup was really that um, Zoe's character, <laughs> Zoe from the West Wing's character, um, um, she Elizabeth Moss. Her Elizabeth name is Elizabeth Moss. Character. Uh, uh, really, the 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 primary setup is she has tried to escape and has been caught and brought back and been split from her husband and child. So that, that's a big setup. Anyway, uh, I I get the feeling very much that she ain't going to escape anytime soon. And once I'm resigned to that, I'm just watching some very, very sad things happen. And then they bring in a piece of music like Frankie Goes to Hollywood or whatever it was <laughs> they brought in at the end of one episode. And you start to go, oh, this is so darkly comic that it's... I couldn't tell at first, but it it is knowingly taking the piss out of this kind of out of mm-hmm. any extreme religion in a way as well, isn't it? There's mm. there's a very uh, there's a deep sense of humour in there as well, but um, I'm taking it that if I'm expecting Prison Break, I ain't going to get it anytime soon, Mel. Um, are we doing spoilers or no? Okay, well let's not, but. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like... No, I don't want to know spoilers. No. Okay. But I'm starting to feel like it's picking up... We're beginning to pick up the idea that she might be able to, you know, try and get out again. But it's very few and far between those moments. Um, I, I kind of want more of those moments. I just, I, did you watch it all at once, Mel? Did you binge it? No, no. Um, I... 100% agree with the other you three that this is not a binge show just for the sake of your own sanity. So um, how do you feel at the end of it? Like what's, what is the reason to trudge through this? And- it, I, you know, I was thinking about this when I was, when I was watching the finale, the last, Oh, eight or eight minutes or so is you alternate between hopefulness and despair to the point that you're despairingly hopeful. <laughs> okay. Can um, I ask you it, about it, leaves, it leaves you thinking there's there's hope, but it's going to be we're we're still not at the darkest point, or we're we're getting to the darkest point before the dawn. I suppose to be cliche about it. Okay. What we I mean, ask it's you? definitely got. I was going to ask, is it, is, it, is it set it up for a second series then? Is yes. That, is that, yeah, it yes, is set up for a second sure. series, right. Yeah, and, the, I, and it's I, a huge one. There's so much story left to tell. Have you read the book, Mel? I have, and this is... Um, it, it's, it's sticking with the timeline, but making it richer. Or it's sticking with the storyline, but making it richer. Mm. Because the pace is so slow. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, that's my problem, really, and it goes back to the way we've had this discussion before of, like, um, studios, it is against their interest to end something after a series. They just don't want to do it, and I think we suffer from that sometimes. So with Big Little Lies, you know, I hated the end because of the need to set up another series. With Wayward, didn't need beyond the books. And when you read a novel, you put in so much effort you put in the kind of effort that this series is requiring of us, but the studios mm-hmm. need to continue. It works against that, and I wonder if it tries our patience too much. This series, it all be it amazing. Mm, I don't think so. I I, I think that um, the 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 very idea of a TV show or um, any vi- any visual retelling of a book adding richness to it is mm-hmm. so uh, in- so great and interesting because. Normally, with uh, 
with an adaptation you lose that exactly yeah people say that yeah yeah and and this 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 idea that we can uh it's it's kind of what we were talking about with the walking dead a few weeks ago how Mm. where you get the opportunity to really investigate something yeah Mm -hmm. and uh, and show it in its in all its uh terrifying grotesque details it's uh i I think it's fantastic for that and uh, i mean i for, for me this is probably um in terms of the contemporary stuff we've done uh the best thing i think we've talked about mm. on the on the wow. show i think it's uh, uh an incredible like um exploration of a of, of an idea mm. yeah i, I do get um, what, i i get what you mean matt because i like the I like the pace. In some respects, at the start, I wasn't sure, but the more you learn about the world and this mm-hmm. this creepy world that you're in, you kind of want to stay there and and like study it a bit more as well. Like, mm-hmm. and the, and the way there's some really wonderfully handled scenes. Like, there's that scene at the beginning of episode two where she is uh, staring up at the ceiling, and I think she's recounting songs with the word blue in it. And uh, at the same time, you gradually realise that while she's doing this, that she's uh, she's you know having sex with the the uh, yeah, the, yeah. Or the commander Kid while yeah. yeah while while Ivan sits behind her head, and she's just off in this other world. And it's like, there's a comic, there's a darkly comic element to that. There and is, and, a, and a, a really that exploring through, that concept. Yeah, that runs through the whole series. There there are points where you see the filmmakers and especially Elizabeth Moss just kind of glancing at you and saying, you realize this is completely ridiculous, right? Yeah. Um, And it's what we were talking about Wayward Pines lacking last week. Cause um, if it didn't have those moments, it would be so relentless that I think it would um, sort of topple over. Mm -hmm. But um like those little glimpses into the previous world and her relationship with um I can't I don't know the name of the actress the one from Orange is the New Black um they they you know they polarize it and they they give you that contrast that throws everything into even greater relief mm-hmm. and uh and those little moments where she's with um Ofglen as well and uh and and they suddenly realize that they can talk to each other it just uh, i think it's uh i think it's brilliant for that yeah i agree with everything that has just been said but <laughs> I still, but well i i still think that there's just this interesting thing that is quite a new thing to us in entertainment which is like in terms of humans and <laughs> in terms of our entertainment if you pick up a book you know how heavy the book is and you know how long it is if you go to the theatre, you know you'll be in bed by midnight. If you, you know, every form of storytelling where we make a contract with somebody and we we pay our money, and we are entertained, but by a morality tale in its oldest form, we know what to expect. Just in terms of, oh, we're going to invest in this particular mood in order to be entertained or learn something or whatever for this amount of time. I just think it's a fascinating new thing with these very long form stuff which couldn't have existed before things like the wire and tv series mm. where you you don't know how much of your effort this is going to require and mm-hmm. i just wonder I think you kind of do though do, do how do you know I think you we can't start- tell me how many series are left of this 
no, but I think we're starting to develop a form for it. And um, mm-hmm. uh, like actors are contracted for seven series when they start things like these. Yeah. So um, you're six, basically six. looking at anywhere between. Oh, really? I thought it was it's seven. Six. No, they contract for six, which is why there's always the you know wailing and gnashing of teeth as they negotiate for season seven because now they want you know the giant raises and bigger I think cuts it goes syndication. It can, I think it can be both because I know someone who's who was contracted for seven, but it doesn't. Oh, that's okay. pernickety. Doesn't matter. Um, but uh, so you're looking at between sixty and a hundred hours of stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, dependent on it, on it, getting those extra seasons. So I think we are starting to the, 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 this new form is starting to develop its own rule set. And there's not much that goes beyond that. But when you take a novel that's already existing, what I'm saying is that if if that is our... You're kind of talking about an internal... I know what you mean. You can look at the last page and go, okay, so it's 500 pages. Um, No, what I mean is, in some cases, stories... So if that's our internal rhythm we've got used to, which is what you're saying, we're sort of getting used to the idea that this may be six. We're sort of used to that. Six or seven series. Um, Some stories, though, in the case of books were supposed to be short stories or they were they were a set length you know it's not like um the walking dead which runs and runs because it's still being written although the same with game of thrones you know it's still being written so it feels differently in this case you're kind of aware of somebody else is in charge of the pace not necessarily mm-hmm. the original writer is in charge mm-hmm. of the pace which... i think at this point after we've had a season and we can see you can kind of track where they are in the novel and you can kind of see what their pace is. I'm going to guess we've got two more series after this maximum. Right, right. Right, okay. Um, Now, just to to, uh, move on... Oh, go on, Jamie. Can I ask one more thing about pace? I think that the important thing with pace is that, like, yeah, you can go at a slow pace if the world and if the environment that, that you're in, like, you don't have to develop the plot. Like, my problem with The Walking Dead is that The Walking Dead, as far as the as the pace goes, where it can go incredibly slow mm-hmm. and it can stay too long in one place and it can mm-hmm. lose your interest. Whereas, like, at the moment, at the very least, with Handmaid's Tale, I'm interested enough, I, I like the fact that it's going slow mm-hmm. because it's allowing us to see the world properly. Mm. Now, that might not yes. work, season two. That, might, that pace might have to change. The plot might have to move a bit quicker. Because you, you're already very much established within that world. I don't know. But at the moment, the pace really fits beginning the journey. You know, I agree, yeah. And yeah. I think the pacing of shows like this is becoming... like If you say that the, the budget, the talent, the writing is a given, mm. uh, then the X factor in what makes a good and great show, I think, is that uh, ability to pace it out. Because I think something like um, like The Walking Dead, as, as you're saying, because I'm I'm going through that again at the moment, not again for the first time actually. And like you say, Jamie, there are expanses of episodes where you can start to feel a bit uh, left behind, mm. and then some, they'll throw in one where it's just like bam, 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 bam. Yeah, yeah. And Homeland definitely suffers from it. I don't know if you feel this as well, but oh, yeah. it's like you, you know you've got. Uh, half the series in the first 10 episodes and then the other half in the last two episodes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not it's not left behind it's the opposite isn't it it's like you're dragging the cart sometimes you're going <laughs> come on come on sorry yes yeah. that's that's right yeah yeah, yeah. you're leaving and it I, I i agree with handmaid's tale that the the comment about the pace being so slow 
that's not a criticism in this case because like I said it it the the TV show is so much richer than the book um, because we're taking in the opportunity to explore some of the characters that the book is told from um, June's perspective it's it's she's yeah. our protagonist yeah. and she is in the in the in the uh, series too but we have a more um, slightly more omnipotent narrator in the TV show than we do in the book. I wonder which so one of Matt or Jamie is heavy breathing so loudly. I think it's Jamie. Sorry, I think it's me, actually. Okay, all right. I do Sorry. want to apologize, though. Last week, though, it was me. I was My breathing was heinous <laughs> last week. I was all over the shop. Um, Mel, I, I agree with you. I, I just have this feeling like, unless it's like a novel, which often takes a long time to... Get, you know, with novels, often her first hundred pages take a long time to create the universe. I just sort of have this feeling that the writer moved us on quicker. He can still be rich, but moved us on a little quicker in the book, perhaps. Do you know, by episode five I, yeah. of this, um, whether we are the same sort of distance through the book? Like, how quickly do we get to, for example, the birth Jamie's talking about? How many pages, chapters in? Does that happen? That is still fairly early in the book. Maybe not quite like this is that's happening. Well, that's most of episode two, isn't it? All of the, mm, yeah, the trip to the, oh my gosh, that, yeah, I mean, don't give away anything. Yeah. It, that that's like, it's almost a commentary, even though this was written decades ago, it's almost a commentary on some of what you see now, you know, with Instagram and these, you know, the push parties and all of that. It's just, yeah, it, oh it, it made me laugh because there's, there's, when Margaret Margaret Atwood wrote that, it was such a ridiculous notion, and it is still ridiculous. But it, it's happening. I mean, it's not oh, beyond the realm. I was going to say before. So is the tone said, of the? Um, um, sorry. When you said about Mel, uh, the the you know, it's so ridiculous. It's like actually, actually, in terms of all the subjugation of women stuff in this story, it is mm. happening. Like, oh, yeah. watch a documentary about women in Saudi Arabia, for example, and or um, you know, female circumcision. There, there are loads of almost everything that happens in this book really is is happening today. Yeah, in now, society, yeah, that, there are that women she, that feel like this. It's dreadful. She drew on. I mean, she yes, she drew on things that were actually happening for that part of it. I'm just talking about this, you know, the, the, uh, the mother who is giving birth. Oh yeah. 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 And I'm, yeah. I'm totally doing air quotes here yeah. while the handmaid is actually giving birth, you know, that yeah. whole thing. And, um, so to move on to that, so subject, ridiculous, but it's so completely, I could absolutely see somebody doing that yeah, today. Totally. Real. I, unironically. Well, I, I, yeah, Totally. And this is where I, well, I just want to go for a moment. Is like, isn't isn't it? Has anyone else watched it and actually gone done that? It was Sarah who turned to me and went, "This this is happening. You know, this, all this shit is happening today in different countries. It might not all be in the same country, but um, the the relevance in terms of the female stuff is really quite disturbing. Once you go, oh, this is not fake. You know, all of this has happened or is happening." What? I think that for for us watching it, the thing that's most frightening and uh, brilliantly done, I think, is the sort of slow burn of the uh, political change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that uh, rings true, doesn't it? Yeah. That, that kind of uh, insidious and um, like that the the, the attitude of the people uh, being well, they couldn't ever do that. 
you know, and mm-hmm. uh, m- you know, my 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 wife has a, a tendency to um, get a bit more worried about what's going on with uh, the elections in the states and here and uh, in Europe um, than I do. Like she, she, you know, she worries about the bigger things happening than further bu- uh, budget cuts and 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 funding cuts, that kind of thing. She's worrying about. Mm. The, the future and war and stuff like that mm. and you always kind of think to yourself surely there's no one out there who's gonna um start a nuclear war or allow a totalitarian nazi government to take over your country or your region yeah. mm-hmm. but then you you watch this and you suddenly go fuck hang on this could sort of happen slowly mm-hmm. and without us realizing it and then suddenly there's guys with guns in the street yeah, yeah. and uh and and the peaceful protest where you don't believe anyone you know your government is not is, is accountable enough that uh, they won't allow troops to open fire on their own citizens and but, but then it what happens if they do what yeah. happens if someone does just start shooting into the crowd what's going to happen everyone's going to get fucking massacred and they do you know it's, yeah. not, it's mm-hmm. not in america or britain but they do all of the things you've just described have happened in the last five or ten years you know yeah it's uh yeah it's crazy Anyway, that, that took us somewhere. It's uh, um, serious. there. There's been, uh, as I'm sure you've seen, um, there have been several think pieces written about The Handmaid's Tale. No, uh, I don't and read. How that no, I haven't. No, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, just talking uh, talking about what you just said that this is being presented. You know, when it was written, it was being presented as a dystopian future, and now it feels so close to being real. Yeah that you know and and talking about that and then and it comes up in all of the interviews with the cast as they're making the media rounds and Mm. so it's definitely part of the discussion and i wonder if that isn't where some of the power of the medium comes in Mm. that this is i mean this is a classic novel but i think i'm the only one of my friends who've read who's read it but all of my friends are watching the tv show how old is the novel it's a 1985 wasn't it I think. Yeah. 85 really. Okay. Yeah. Gosh. Um so I'm I'm just thinking about how this TV show has the power to kind of expose I you know when they when they created it and were filming it last year they did not think that it would be quite as relevant as yeah. it is. Yeah. Um they thought the election would go differently, but I think it's really incredible that we have this very well told story that has is unspooling right in front of us as we're going through of course similar not f- nearly as drastic but similar i mean sarah's times. just finished um while well, i read my book sarah read uh, 1984 and said the exact same thing at the end and i do wonder i mean the one thing i'd say about that before we all worry about um the nazis taking over is that the probably the popularity of these books were because uh, at any given point in time we've had these same concerns about the government taking mm-hmm. over and certainly in 1985 there was some pretty nasty government action going on around the world so mm-hmm. hopefully and that's that's actually working. where i was going with that is that i feel a little more hopeful right yeah. for having no for seeing that you know what this was written 30 years ago yeah that's the way of looking at it she was she's it's, you know it's not come true yet margaret well, that, but also that it was written in a time when she was feeling a little unrest about these topics, right? And so this is what her imagination came up with, this dystopian future. Mm. But so she's been there before and we're fine. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not a, that's not to say we should be complacent, but no. just to say, okay, you know what? We we can fight back against this. We will be okay. Yeah. You know. Exactly. So. Mel, uh, Matt said uh, it's the greatest uh, modern box set that we've reviewed. Jamie, um, what would your encouragement be for anyone who's not even started the Handmade style? Um, well, I mean, I don't know if I... I think it's the, 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 the greatest... I mean, it's too early for yeah, me Matt's to sort of feel anything particular. I was going to add a caveat to that. Yeah, it's all right. It's too late. Carry on, Jamie. Go on, go on, I want to wear his caveat. Go on, caveat. <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's like in terms of quality, it's incredibly strong. But I mm. almost, I, I almost didn't want to watch anymore after episode two. <laughs> it is bleak. It, it is, is so bleak. bleak. I'd watch Better Call. Better Call Saul's pretty bleak. I'd watch that any day over this. <laughs> I sent <laughs> world away from that, but uh, um, and I think it's a lot better as well. Ooh. But. Um, uh, Hold on, the, the, you just say this uh, is better than Better Call Saul. I I prefer it. Oh, okay. I think I, I think it's, gonna, I think it's a um, better show. Yeah, we're now going to. Have you watched game. all of it, Matt? What the Handmaid's Tale? Uh huh. I've only seen what's available in the UK. I've seen three episodes. I think okay. maybe four. Okay, we're now going to play a game which we've never played before. It's called Ten Seconds Each. Uh, Matt and Jamie are going to go head to head on. What is better, Handmaid's Tale or Better Call Saul? When I say your name, you speak. If you hear someone else's name, stop talking. Here we go. Um, Matthew. Uh, I think it's what we were talking about last week with um, uh, Wayward Pines, where the Handmaid's Tale is uh, creating something entirely... You fucking prick. (laughs) (laughs) I said ten seconds. That's Jamie's up. Matt, you can carry on. What? It's back to you. No, I don't want to play this. It's stupid ten game. seconds each. <laughs> Mel, right, I won't stop. be. Do- I won't be controlled clock. by you, Howell. Stop the clock, Mel. Mel, did I? Did I not say ten seconds each? Uh, you're not dragging me in on this. Oh, jeez. Right. Oh. All right, I'll give you twenty seconds each, starting with Jamie. Go. It's very, very simple. Better call Saul. It's written by. Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, who are simply the best storytellers on television at the moment, and that is a fact. Okay, we've just got six seconds of Jamie's time left. There you left go, six to spare. You can have them on me, Matt. And Matt? Uh, Medical Soul is is just using uh, little narrative hooks to drag you on through, and there's a lot of uh, over-embellished long shots. Handmaid's Tale is creating a new world. <laughs> Jamie. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> Handmaid's Tale is an excellent start to creating a world, but Better Call Saul is a fully realised, beautifully choreographed and well-crafted piece of televisual art. There is nothing in Better Call Saul that is wasteful. Matt. There are only two really good performances in Better Call Saul. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, ultimately, they are becoming self-indulgent with the way they shoot them. Oh, my word. Six seconds left before Jamie gets to retort to that. Think carefully, Jamie. Jamie. 
the, the way they tell stories in Better Call Saul, no, I, I watch a lot of TV. Nobody out there is tells stories so beautifully as Better Call Saul, as the rise of Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad do. The way they tell a story, they don't even tell, they don't even use a linear way of telling stories a lot of the time. Matt. They use these, oh. Uh, Better Call Saul has shown itself to have one trick, which is to. Uh, show you something in Congress which you don't understand and then slowly eke out the explanation of it throughout the rest of the episode so it becomes clear. All it is is a cape over something and they slowly reveal it. Jamie. Oh, no, it's not at all. It's like it's like they've made they're making this beautifully crafted little toy and they they wind it up for you and then they let you see this beautiful toy play out as it as it kind of bumbles along the floor and it's a, it's it's just a wonderful they're just so well thought through they just care Matt. about making something if i have to watch another long sequence of mike walking around doing something <laughs> without saying anything without them telling me what he's doing and then eventually oh. you go oh that's what he's doing i'm going it's... to blow off my own cock oh. i'd like to take these five seconds to say jamie please answer the question about long prolonged sequences jamie it's it's that it's more than just that. It's more than just long prolonged see these sequences are not the, the sole purpose of Spectacle Solely. They are a, a lovely device that they use, but it's the beautiful characters. It's the fact that Jimmy McGill, this character, is a wonderfully realized individual. Twenty second break for Mel and I. Uh, Mel, don't you think it's interesting that Jamie has not attacked Handmaid's Tail at all? He's completely on the back foot here. I do. He's quite. He's very much on the defense, and I find it interesting that Matt appears to be winning after watching three episodes of his show, and Jamie has seen how many seasons of. Mm. Uh, that's twenty. Matt. Three. Uh, how long did we really need to see Mike taking apart that car? <laughs> <laughs> no. How I'd long argue. did we really need to see I'd him argue. searching for that bug? Surely we could I have seen it. the car laid out in all its pieces I and then the revealed detail. the bug, and that would have been it. And it's, it's back to you, Jamie, but you're, you're, you're forfeited five seconds for interrupting, Matthew. You've got 15 it's seconds though, from now. It's, it's those details that make it the standard. And the reason I'm sticking on Better Call Saul and not ca- attacking Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale is because I want to talk about Better Call Saul. It's because it's the one <laughs> show that I want to shout from the rooftops and say, this is the best TV there Matt. is out there. Handmaid's Tale is current. It's relevant. It's thought-provoking. The performances are uniformly excellent. And the world is uh, phenomenally crafted and remarkably prescient. That sounds like a conclusion, Fantastic. Jamie. You've got 20 seconds to make your own conclusion. Go. It's a misery fest. It's a slog <laughs> through a swamp of absolute miserable, <laughs> are off. depressing, a trudgery through horribleness after horribleness of these poor women have put through absolute shite. It's a horrible situation from the start to the finish. I don't want to put myself through a torturous Thank experience. You, of what- okay. Take a right. breath, Jamie. Take a ah. breath. <laughs> Congratulations. <both laughs> that was very good. That was very uh, good. Let's go over to the judge now, Mel, to tell us what happened. Oh, well. In this competition? That's correct. I'm going to have to go with Matt here. <laughs> of course you are. You love Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> well, I'm not <laughs> but I have to say, after Jamie's uh, oral defense of it, I really have no desire to watch it. <laughs> oh. Matt managed to put his finger 
on everything that annoyed me about Better Call Saul, and yet I would still rather watch it over Handmaid's Tale because <laughs> it makes me so sad. Handmaid's Tale, and there are times Keep when going, I want them. guys. Yeah, there well, in no both cases, there. I want them to get so... going. You know, in both cases, I want them to crack on. At least Better Call yeah. Saul has got a bit more humor to it, I suppose. But you know, you'll feel you'll feel like you there's payoff. You'll feel like you your time was well invested. Once you get to the end, I mean, um, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm going to stick with Handmaid's Tale. I do yeah. like it. Hey, I like Better Call Saul as well. I just, you know, I was playing to win. Yeah, I mean, I was playing. <laughs> I was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> are you available for by any chance? <laughs> okay, good. If you if you would like to suggest a um, a battle off for next week, I think we'll stick with this. Uh, studio at the box set pod dot com. I think we can really get down to the nub of things a little bit quicker can't we we, we could just have three and a half minute podcasts from now on just like that <laughs> um, that was fun that was good fun have we missed anything about handmaid's tale that anybody wants to raise their hand and say oh go on mel go go but you guys haven't watched it all oh okay well we uh, so there's so much we need to do a spoiler podcast for this one once you all have seen let's do it the yeah let's season. do it because okay. there's yeah. so much i have one more thing to say which i th- I, I don't think i've seen anything except for maybe Mulholland Drive which uh, has this ability to make you feel dread mm-hmm. but I am worried every single minute of that show that someone is going to get caught doing something someone's going to burst in and do something it's just like it's so tense exactly. it's an absolute masterclass in doing it yes yeah. yes because you're supposed to feel that because that's what the characters feel well here's exactly. my problem with what I was trying to get to earlier about the novelistic pace of it not going quickly enough is that I am on the precipice between that feeling, Matt, and actually thinking I know for a fact that everybody's going to have a shit deal here. Everyone's going to get caught. Everyone's going to get tortured. It's all going to end badly. You know, total... I I don't feel hopeful. I feel hopeful. Not very. No, no, maybe 3% hopeful. (laughs) <laughs> how wait until you see what Yvonne's doing as you yes Whoa. well I have noticed that's what that's I think why you're watching it so good at it's this. I mean I'm I'm using whatever weapon I have to say well uh, I was just holding out for that moment where she's going to change into a schoolgirl outfit in the back of her uh, no that's not going to happen <laughs> but, but even in episode one she the way she plays joy. it Yes. you saying a lot um I, right from episode one, what she shows on her face, these glimmers of something else. And I don't know what that something else is yet. You find out. Because she's still insane, but there are glimmers of something else going on. And, and that does that is the intriguing thing for me. Yeah. And Sarah said that she felt that Yvonne Stravsky's playing her more sympathetically than, than the character is in the book. A little bit, yeah. Sarah but, also but said that they've done something else with this in the book. Is that correct? You have to keep in mind that the book is from June's perspective. Can we please stop straying into spoiler territory? So Who's June? It's um, off, Elizabeth off Moss, you dullard. Yeah, oh no, oh, well, I got that. I just <laughs> say this is, this is from uh, her perspective. Offred is June. June's her real name. Um, Offred. And remember that in the book, she's we're, we're seeing Serena Joy from her perspective. Okay. So got it's like, it is going to be a little harsher. So we, um, through, but what Ivan Strahovski is doing is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew Matt yeah. would like this because it is so pretentious that you can barely 
sink your teeth through it. It's so dense. In what way is it pretentious? Oh. Exactly. Can I you... do not care for pretentious. I think you've just plucked that word out of thin this air. Is the, this is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. This the is world building. Well, the performances is amazing. Everything is amazing, but the pace is pretentious. The, the, There's like, nothing pretentious about it. This not, is it, it's, it's a delicate time. unpicking of a detailed exactly. world. I think you're. I'll wrong. give you pretentious well, when you talk about transparent or something like that. Yes, that's pretentious. Uh, this isn't pretentious. Well, so don't no, just start no, no, coming no, up no, with random criticisms just to put some fake sense of drama on. into your silly little show. The, <laughs> enjoyed that voice. I enjoyed that voice. Um, uh, the pretension, I, I think that's why we ended up comparing it with Better Call Saul, though, because your criticisms of watching Mike strip apart a car for an hour is, I agree with completely. And in the same way, the way I rate pretentiousness is the idea of, like, if you were to screen this at the local Labour Club, how long would people give it? You know, how much are you really keeping people's attention in terms of pace? So in terms of pace, I think both of those shows can rest on saying look at how rich we are and how mysterious we are no this show is showing you stuff that you don't know in in better call soul all it's doing is drawing you out it's just it's just it's just it's teasing you whereas this is like look at this this is what happens here now Look right. at this. The, the, this is how they're treated. Yeah, you're absolutely this right. This is the world that I, I, we're in. Yeah, I take it back. I, I, I made all that stuff up about Matt finding it pretentious. I just wanted to wind him up. But, but I do now agree that Better Call Saul is a bag of shit. You know what? You're absolutely, <laughs> I can't believe what the hell happened here. <laughs> I think you need to rename the podcast. <laughs> This is an absolute joke. This is the best show on TV. Welcome to the new podcast, Antagonism with Howell Evans. I can't do. I can't. I can't. I I don't. I I don't know what what happened here. I I think that Better Call Saul is great. Just you know, there. It's a bit like some of those episodes of Game of Thrones in 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 like season four or five, whatever it was, where you just go. No, I understand. No, when Matt no, said that, I mean that no. is that is it. I don't want to criticise Better Call Saul because I still think Vince Gilligan is a phenomenal writer. But the number of times I've sat there and inside my mind, sometimes out of my mouth, I've said, "We get it now." We I don't it. understand. Don't, I love that. I, I enjoy. I relish. I relish mm. when he's taking that car apart. I bloody love it that's because, because that's you what are Mike does. Because Mike. No, I'm not. I love my, the, the character of Mike, who I didn't really care about in Breaking Bad. In Better Call Saul, he fascinates me. His meticulousness. The guy's meticulous ingenuity. I just I love watching this guy. I couldn't even remember work. why he was taking the car apart, which made it even I know, fucking I had worse. I explained it to you. I had to explain. It took about ten you. texts thought, from you. I only stopped yeah. texting you. I pretended I knew what you were on about. I still didn't get it. I still didn't get it. I just thought this is just gonna annoy him spending all the evening trying to explain it to me. They have <laughs> lost my attention in too many of these long scenes now. And I'm not even on my phone. I'm watching the thing. I'm trying my bloody best here. Well, you know what? We're sorry, Howell, if Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould can't wait around for every dullard in the class <laughs> to catch up with the plot points, all right? Is anyone else surprised that we can hear Jamie from that far inside Vince Gilligan's ass? <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. You have no idea. Do you... You don't even touch that man's ass. That man is an absolute storytelling genius, and he'll go down in the archives. That's certainly true. Oh, he's an amazing man. Thank you. Both of those, both of those shows, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, are B tier shows. 
Oh, you are so oh. wrong. They are. You're just, you're just, you're just, you're just trying to give me a gut punch now. You don't mean this, do you, Matt? Matt no, is, I do mean that. I, th- those are in my B tier. Matt is now oh, going to go away and listen God. to Radio 3 whilst drinking an expensive vintage wine. And yet I don't do that. Well, you should, based on that argument. You can't tear. I would like you it know, if I did that, but I can't <laughs> listen to Radio you know 3 because I'm not you know I started enough. this podcast talking about the stink in Matt's house, yeah. and yeah. somehow it has now turned into he is incredibly pretentious. <laughs> I, 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 I think the stank in your basement's gone to your head. You need to crack a window, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Box Set Pod. If you'd like to email us, studio at theboxsetpod.com. I think you can tell from this, this is one of those where someone is now going to send us an email saying, I really enjoyed that podcast about Handmaid's Tale, but bloody hell, I'm not sure if I want to take this on in my life. Um, I would, I would, I wouldn't dissuade you from that. It's a, it's, it's I, hard work, I, I, but it's a great. It's you, like reading a great I would novel say, because it is a great anyone novel. Anyone going in there? Yeah, first episode. Don't just get through the first episode. It's a heavy going first one, but after you do, it's a, it's rewarding to enter that world, and it's fascinating. It's definitely worth it. It's not just really heavy. It is really fascinating as well and gripping. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to become an activist, if you think that this situation is entirely fictional and made up if ever you want to become an activist become an activist for any of the women's issues that occur in this because there are women in the world who could do with your help this is true um thank you studio at the box love your emails always love them and next week well, i don't even know what we're doing next week we're gonna have to decide keepers the keepers. keepers oh holy shit on a bike the keepers next week Oh my effing lord above, you are going to be blown away. Please watch episode one of The Keepers. I suggest you watch it the day before you actually listen to this podcast normally because you will struggle not to continue after episode one. Um, See you then for that. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Mel in Kansas. Thank you, Howell in England. Thank you, uh, Matthew in London. It's risen from the plague. It's risen from the blitz. And now it's risen from the stank of Matthew's pretentious North London abode. (laughs) Thank you, Howell. And uh, Jamie, thank you for joining us from (laughs) Croston. I thought it was Eccleston. 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 They're very close, Mel. No one can tell. Not even anyone. They're not actually that close. Mm problem is no one can read who lives there so they can't tell what the sign is on their village so it's fine planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's a 20-minute walk. Howell's getting hate mail. You know he is.